0: We got a one-minute show before the show, Ryan Middleton. A show one- Show before the show. Minute show before the show. Bippy19 wrap-up show. Oh, Dude, Man. how do you feel today? Like physically, I mean.
1: I mean, I feel fine. I don't think it's... I don't think it's... Uh, So having the back-to-back shows, like Friday night, Saturday night doubles shows, made... Like having a normal one show on a weekend a lot easier.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. I was thinking that throughout weigh-ins, like basically Friday more so than Saturday. I was like, wow, this is so much more calm. Than, yes <laughs> than having MMA weigh-ins plus an actual sprawl event happening at the same time. that is that's madness. that that yeah. kind of Friday it hits different as the kids say
1: dude you love that
0: you love the that. kid
1: dude i just i'm just telling you what the kids say so just so you all know what to expect we're going to be kind of like some people might be joining in we might have a an appearance by the matchmaker Jim Mooney we might have an appearance by the play by play man Ryan Cavanaugh And we're going to spend about an hour just kind of dissecting last night and just getting, you know, talking about all the things that happened and, you know, discussing some of the things that we talk about, like on Sunday mornings behind the scenes. Like, you know, we had a debate this morning, Hunter and I did, about whether to address, like, people that are upset about a decision, um and then they're blaming us and and saying you know and that's a that's a discussion we have behind the scenes it's like you know one side is i think we need to correct them and let people know that you know we we don't make those decisions and all that stuff for mma like we don't have anything to do with that and the other is like is it really worth it they're just gonna happen you know this stuff just happens again and again and and um and so, like, that's the type of stuff that we go back and forth with and uh, just have to deal with. But ultimately, like, one of the things that we we discussed is, like, you know, nobody likes to be attacked or feel attacked. And and at the same time, like, it's going to happen. Like, people yeah. – w- w- anytime – like, it's human nature. Anytime there's a close – call like you feel like your side one and that's like always the case like always the case you feel like you're you can you see through your goggles and you see your side edging that decision out or even like your goggles might be so thick that you think they dominate um but when you have those close things it's it's hard for us to like get attacked for stuff like that and yeah it's just part of the game
0: yeah, it truly and I, I mean you can extend that even to football. If there's a bang bang play, like a wide receiver cornerback situation, the corner gets called for pass interference but like they're both kind of pushing around. Whatever team you're rooting for, of course you feel like, "Oh, that's either a good penalty if it benefited you or wow, that's a terrible penalty and the other guy was the one interfering if, you know." That's that's just the nature of sports, man. You're always going to have some level of bias and homer glasses, but were that exact discussion is concerned you know the main thing for me is like i don't mind i don't mind that aspect of it of course support your people and think they won and and that's fine i don't mind that at all it's whenever people think that we are the judges or something like we have literally nothing to do with that it's assigned by the state commission they assign the judges it's not like we're out here. It's whenever people are insinuating things that we're like rigging fights and decisions, and that's that's where I draw the line. And, like, that's just blatant misinformation. It's not what's happening at all. Root for your people and complain about the decision. Totally fine with that. But don't act like we're out here, you know, submitting the scorecards because we're not, we have literally nothing to do with it.
1: Jim, anyway, thanks for hizzy. coming. I'm here. What's up, Tim, Tim ba- Bailey?
0: Tim Bailey in the hizzy too. What's up, Tim? Why are we saying hizzy, by the
1: way? Did who said you said you said it, you say say it, it? first? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, hey, we got a I little jizzy in the hizzy. Oh
2: no. I wanted to add one thing to um to what you guys were saying with um with the like when it goes to the judges. It's hard to argue against what you might hear, whether you're for um, or against their decision sitting next to Dylan Cole last night, watching the fights, any um, I think there was one fight where him and I agreed and everything else. We were split when it went to the judges and, and yeah, I mean, uh,
1: and
2: and then the other thing, and they're sitting in this, they're sitting
1: next to each other. The other thing is the three judges are intentionally on different sides. If you think you see the same fight from different sides of the cage, I'm sorry. If you're being completely objective and you sit in different spots, you're going to see things differently, especially in a close fight. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's just facts. I mean, yeah, there were a few decisions last night that, again, not going to really name names or anything, but I was texting Danny Palm and being like, I'm kind of surprised it went that way or I'm surprised it went that way. and the really important thing in this conversation
1: i, I, I <laughs> wouldn't hesitate to say that the, the the decisions that you might have felt like that's not saying that like from your perspective that's how you saw the fight so i don't have a problem with us acknowledging that we would have we saw it differently like that's normal
0: yeah so. and, and that's like the really important thing in this discussion to emphasize is that <clears throat> saying i thought the other person won doesn't mean that it's a robbery at all like that's the word the word robbery is so so overused a robbery is when one person clearly won there's no question about it dominated the fight and then the other person gets it when it's a split decision and a fair split decision there's no robbery to be had Either person yeah, may, made a case. There
1: may be like I don't like the way that it, like I think I saw it differently, but like the word robbery, it, it 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 should never be used in a in a close fight. Like I'm just that that wears on me.
0: I'll say I've, I I kind of I low key low key I I enjoy that we're having this discussion because I feel like we've been having this discussion a lot lately. Like I've, like we've had this talk on podcasts before and. Mm-hmm i like that people care you know the fact that it keeps coming up people are paying attention to the fights and caring about their guys and rooting for their guys and and making a scene like that's good 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 keep supporting your people keep talking about it keep talking about our fights that's awesome ron peters in the house jizzy in the hizzy jizzy in the hizzy rizzy is he i guess he'd be (laughs) rizzy Rizzy, Rizzy. Rizzy in
1: the hizzy I don't know what he's saying. Jim in the house. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jim in the house, man. He Well, actually, actually I started saying that and then I was like, Oh, I shouldn't say that. And you guys. Yeah. So I think he was, just, he heard that he caught that, that and that's why he's laughing.
0: Yeah. He's just making fun of you as most people do.
1: So guys. So if you were at the, um, at the show or you were a part of cornering or whatever, make comments. We want you this to be interactive. Um, we want you guys to, to share your thoughts on the things we're talking about. So feel free, and we'll put the, the, the yeah. comments up. Um, Hunter will, because he's the man of the hour on the yeah, yard.
0: Ask questions and stuff too, guys. Like I, like Ryan said, interactive means that you're participating, not just reacting to what we're saying, but also contributing conversation points and things like that. So there, we actually have a question that I'll, I'll throw up on the screen. Jared Billy, shout out Jared Billy, one of the all-time great fans of 247 Fighting Championships. He's the man. It was awesome seeing you last night, brother. Thanks for coming out. I know you enjoyed it. You always enjoy yourself, though. <laughs> he said, were the judges for MMA and grappling the same last night? So that's a really that's a really good question, a really good point. So grappling is not state assigned judges and in fact grappling the ref is also the judge as we have it currently constructed so the referee aj lyle shout out aj did a great job last night always down to step up and do the thing so he i talked to him after because i i wanted to like understand his process better of how he's scoring fights when there's no submission he is scoring in his head the entire time while he's refereeing. He's he's noting any sweeps, any positional advantages, any submission attempts, and he's keeping a running tally of who's winning the match as it's going. He's not just blatantly like, all right, here's who I feel like won that at the end. He's he's scoring it in his head, which is something that we're going to discuss. I, I thought the grappling decisions were good last night. There were very close matches for sure. The, the whole card, grappling and MMA was like, insanely competitive last night like there were no blowout it was insanely evenly matched the whole way top to bottom good job jizzy (laughs) but yeah that that's what he does so so the the judge for grappling was aj and aj was also the ref for mma there are three judges just like the ufc assigned by the state Completely separate situation for MMA, so so that's the difference there, Jared. But all that said, we acknowledge that our grappling events and super fights can have a little more structure, maybe more structure, maybe a, a slightly different feel on that front. We're uh, we're doing some work behind the scenes as we speak to assemble something that makes a lot of sense there, and hopefully is best for everybody. We're getting the feedback from coaches, competitors. Before this event, I reached out to every coach and competitor with an idea, kind of, you know, would this work better for you guys than the one six-minute format with a winner at the end? It was split. Some people were very about it. Some people were very not about it. So on a week's notice, it wasn't the time to try to implement something that not everybody was on board with. But just know, we're we're working. We working.
1: Hey, hey Hunter, are we having issues with the uh, Stream 247 Live?
0: All right. I think that did it. I am not the smartest human that's ever lived, and I think nobody's going to be shocked (laughs) to hear that. I'm getting Jim and Ryan back in here. Long story short, for all you techies out there, I forgot to update the stream key, and therefore it was not streaming to the right place for Stream 247 Live because I'm dumb and I forgot to update that. So that's what happened. Um, You got to update those stream keys, kids. You got to update those stream keys or else you're just totally dumb. Like me. Don't be like Hunter. Don't be totally dumb like Hunter. I promise. It's not the way to be. We are good now. We're good. We are good now. I just confirmed. It's on 247 Live. I'm going to send another push notification out for you guys um, on the app. I'm really sorry if you responded to the first one. And it wasn't live, but it is actually live now, so that's good. And it is the same link, so that's also good. Um, Yeah. Who? Yeah, dude, Josh. I know. I know. Want to speak with the manager, bro. Just start talking. That's fine. Go ahead. Just lay it on me, bro. Give me your worst. Give me your absolute worst. Jesse Acton. He to talk to the GM. That was longer than four seconds. Hey, you got to take your wins when, it, when it's longer than four seconds. You got to take them when you can get them. We got Jimothy. First one in. Jimothy, Jimothy beat Ryan Middleton back in. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. It was a race so long story short guys i i forgot to update the stream key because i'm not smart so that's what happened but we're good now we're live everywhere as it should be
1: understatement of the year yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) no here's the thing here's the thing about hunter hunter will tell you how smart he is he really will he'll like Mm -hmm. dude everything's easy it's just everything's easy I don't have. Wait. I mean, I just I slept through high school. Like pfft. then I went to medical school and was like, oh, yeah, I had to...
0: I'm not that <laughs> smart.
1: <laughs> so, you not, mean I have to that try at least something? Wasn't easy. Yeah,
0: yeah, that organic chemistry was different, man. Organic chemistry is where you find out whether you actually care about science or not.
1: <laughs> well, Rose it, of, I mean, if you have elite IQ or not.
0: Yeah. No, I mean that's it's totally it's like one of those things it's like jujitsu. Organic chemistry is like jujitsu. Nobody is good at it right away. You don't just get it. You have to actually study it and try and put time in to get it. Uh, all right, well, Roosevelt let's digging
1: Archie. into some of these fights. Oh yeah, Roosevelt, Roosevelt okay. wants to
0: grapple he wants to grapple. All right. That's that's that. Let's get him in there. Let's go.
1: Um, most likely the next grappling will be April 19th. Um, but there's still some, you know, still some figuring out to do. So, but, like, that's kind of the target date. Uh, Meadows, April 19th.
0: Yeah, mark it down. But Let's yes. talk about
1: this card, guys. I, I mean, this um, – I, I, part of me wants to start at the bottom, work our way up. But I think we need to start at the top and work our way Yeah, let's do it.
0: Whoa, top to bottom. Okay. Well, the top means Justin Patton, so let's go.
1: Uh, Lead it. So Lead it. If you rewatch, I, I I joined the broadcast team in the third round, and I didn't get on the mic or anything. I mean, I had my head headphones on, but once the fight ended, I joined in with them. And if you listen to that, like. I, I, I could not believe how amazing Justin looked i he he just did everything right um, he handled everything well he was having fun in there he's come you look at Justin Patton from that like that fight versus you know just a couple of years ago and there's just, I mean a couple of years has just made so much difference for that kid and and I'm just so happy for him and he's just coming along so perfectly. I beautiful execution. That was such a high level performance. It just super impressive.
0: I got I had people who I wasn't even talking about that fight with like throughout the night. Just they randomly texted me after that fight saying that was the best Justin ever looked. They were like, dude. Justin is a dog. Like I was literally getting texts from people just wanted to say <laughs> how good Justin looked. And that was that was a first, honestly. That was the first time that's ever happened. I was like, dang, I need to like go rewatch that because it was special. I knew it was special in real time, but I was like, it made me excited to go rewatch it as well. Yeah. Hoga back. Any special fights for the first show in Murraysville? Honestly, yes. <laughs> this dude, this card looking good right now there's a lot of work to be done a lot of work to be done on it but the foundation that we have in mind and that we're working towards and that is there is is looking good for sure
1: i'm gonna just put this out there we're at the 10 week mark the next three weeks three weeks we're having this card jam-packed and we're gonna have some bang bangers on this card and uh so we're gonna be at the seven week mark Oh, here's another thing we uh, behind the scenes that we've talked about a lot lately is and and like when we start announcing fights. So I think going forward, we're going to start announcing the actual bouts. Week four, week three will allow. Why do I hear do you guys hear me twice? No, not at all. Yeah, that's weird. Um, the uh. Uh, is it my no okay? Anyway, um, the uh, we're gonna have about uh, fight like you're gonna be (laughs) able to announce your fight, but not the actual matchup, and have you have a poster like but not list the matchup because what happens is when we we announce it so far in advance, now there's occasions where we have to do that. But when we announce it so far in advance, we'll get to like three or four weeks out and we don't like there's the excitement has peaked like weeks ago. So we'll give you posters of like yourself, say you're fighting this date, and then we'll we'll have the announcements like week four, or week three leading up to the show.
0: Perfect. Yeah, that's great point. That's something that we definitely need. To do moving forward. This is, you know, that's part of the growth process, which is cool. I like doing these podcasts where we talk about things like that because again, these are the conversations that we have behind the scenes that you guys may not know about. But even as Ryan said, the timing of releasing fight posters is something that we've experimented with and we've been paying attention to and trying to crack that code as well for the maximum hype. So I am gonna share my screen. Hey, that worked. Nice. This is Braunberg 20 as anthony Hogeback was talking about this is going to be our first show in murray'sville the tickets are live on the site right now so that's awesome dude this place honestly i we had like reservations at first right right like we can all say we were like not stoked about the venue at first and then when we went inside and like started envisioning the seating layout where the cage would be the way this can come together I honestly think this place is going to look really, really, really cool with this setup, dude.
1: It's going to be really neat.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we can absolutely cage
1: area squared off in there.
0: I don't know. Whoever made that seating chart must have put a square there for some reason. No, it's
1: a circle. Squared circle. Did you click on click on the buy on map? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's good. There. Why is it
1: squared off in there?
0: I don't know. So to be clear, anyway. while while we're here, we might as well go through this too. I don't know if you like if you guys noticed there. I clicked that button that said "Buy on Map," and that's what actually expands the seating chart. So from here, you can pick the exact seat you want. So you can go in and like click, "I want this seat" or whatever, and it'll add it to your cart. As you can see, it just did. <laughs> but if you just say like, "Oh, I just I don't really care where I sit, but I do care that I'm in this section," you can just right here, first two rows intermediate floor walkout tickets let's talk about the walkout tickets ryan because this is a really cool section you can see this strip of red dots right here we
1: are so all over the place right now (laughs) yeah let's
0: let's the bit the bit b19 show is now the bit b20 preview show but anyway these are what the fighters are going to walk out there long story short so you'll be able to like high five them and stuff
1: yeah it's those are going to be like special seats that as they're walking out you're like you're like right there
0: Seth Donovan wants on that card. I want Seth Donovan on that card. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: bro. Let's get let's get it done. Okay, so let's go back to um Okay, first of all, Lucas Siebert on the Stream Two Four Seven Live app said Justin Patton, best pound for pound in Pittsburgh.
0: Woo! Words. I mean that's big. That's yeah, big
1: time. I mean we got a double champ. How...
0: Is he Pittsburgh though? Is Lucas oh, considering is that, him Pittsburgh? He, I is guess. He is he
1: excluding? Because what... Ethan yeah, Doss lives in in the or in maybe
0: the or maybe Lucas thinks Patton's better than Ethan. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. He's say He sparred for sure. with
1: both of them. I know. Ethan told me he he sparred with Lucas. So I'm I'm I i am i do not know. But that go ahead and yeah, clarify.
0: I Lucas, if you want to clarify, go ahead. <laughs> Evan said that's a good idea with the fighter promo graphics helps helps fighters promote. Yeah. All right, here we go. Back on topic, Evan DeRussi. this this is a good segue for us. Evan chiming <laughs> yeah. in. Thanks for <clears throat> Thanks for watching first of all, dude. Secondly, Evan DeRussi had the most vicious knockout of the night for sure uh super highlight of the night great performance against tyler llewellyn and now evans 3-0 and so huge win not only for his career but for the evening it was a great performance but
1: it let's not talk about controversy
0: and dude i've i already told you guys this morning several times i watched it about 20 times
1: i i watched it now in quarter motion the camera angle it I don't think he hit him in the in the face.
0: No, either do I. I think he hit him right in the sternum and that's I was talking to Evan afterwards and he was adamant that like, dude, I hit him in the chest. I was aiming for his chest. I'm not a bad sports. And first of all, nobody thinks Evan DeRussi is a bad sport. Like he's literally one of the most respectful and sportsmanship focused guys that we have in the local scene. And Indio in general is like that. So well, it was the, never the
3: fact that
1: he apologized yeah. in the post-fight speech for something he yeah. knew he didn't do, but like felt like oh, people. I mean, it looked like it. I'll just be the first. I thought. I thought instinct took over, and he just boom, boom. Um, yeah. But he is so r- c- talented and and you know on point that he knew he couldn't hit hit him in the head to a downed opponent, and so he didn't. But it yep. looked like it. <laughs> I was fooled. Yeah. I was telling people, like, I was talking to the, the, the there was guys behind me, I'm like, he might get disqualified, like, I don't know, like.
0: You guys ready for a special guest to join the stream? I got somebody backstage who said he wants to talk. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. look at this handsome look at gentleman, look at this guy, Ryan Cavanaugh, what's up, man?
3: Not much, I didn't talk enough, so I figured I got a few words left
0: vocal chords all good today
3: yeah man it's the secret of the halls and the Ricola. you know what i'm saying
0: i like Ricola better <laughs> cool <laughs> that's good stuff so dude this is perfect timing for you to jump in because obviously like we're talking about the derusi finish that's something that as a commentator you have to navigate those waters you have to explain to the to the people watching the live stream like what are they talking about in the cage why does it seem like something's going on right now what just happened so when you guys were commentating that, and it was again a hard angle to tell exactly what happened, like how how did you navigate that situation?
3: So so the first thing that was really difficult about it, if if there was anything difficult, is that it happened so quick the cameras didn't catch it clean, so we couldn't pull up a replay. So I'm I'm calling, I'm texting, I'm like, hey, we got to get a replay of this, and I think even over the air, you know, there's no secret when you're on television that you know there's a production truck and it and a. Director and a producer, so I'll even say sometimes, like, "Look, hey man, we need to see this replay." And they're in my ear saying, "We don't have it. We didn't get it," which was a real bummer. So you're kind of left to your own devices, and and which at that point, you know, I watch more of the monitor than the in cage, but I did see that. Uh, and at that point, I'm the same as you guys. Just I thought he, I thought he hit him in the head, I, and that was one of two illegal strikes. I thought. I think did Carly Joe? Uh, I thought she got kicked in the head.
0: I know Chip addressed I, I, that. Um, I didn't watch that back. I did talk to Kara afterwards and she was like, she was pretty baffled by, she's like, it was a clearly a body kick. I have no idea why he thought I kicked her in the head, but I I didn't even see the kick that is under question. I did.
1: I, I actually had it running. So it's like, it was about 40 seconds behind the cage side and I was running on my computer and so as soon as it happened I'm like watching on the computer it it like hit her arm like hit her forearm it didn't it didn't I mean it was high enough to hit her in the head yeah but and if she would have been closer it would have hit her in the head but it didn't mm.
2: yeah mm. well this
3: is going to shock you but after the event Carly said told Ethan and I uh, I don't know it might have happened I didn't feel it so I was like okay. <laughs> still not uh, inconclusive as to whether yeah. he hit her in the head <laughs>
1: It's conclusive that it's inconclusive now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Evan Derussi has a comment for Ryan Cavanaugh. Did you watch the replay since then? It was clean, my man. These weapons are lethal and precise.
3: First of all, no objection. No objection <laughs> on your weapon, <laughs> <laughs> dude. You, Evan, Evan, you you rolled out there, and you know Ethan and I. Well, as and I was like, dude, this guy looks like he means business tonight. Not that you always don't, Evan, but like I was like, this is gonna be it was kind of like Patton. I kept saying it was it was Patton was calm violence. Evan, I think you were controlled violence, but you looked like you were coming in there to do exactly what you did. Um, but no, I haven't watched the replay yet. I will. like I said, it was just it was so quick and and in those moments, it's really hard to decipher, you know, where it was. but I and how about the sportsmanship of Evan apologizing? You know, and also like almost telling on yourself, even though it didn't happen.
1: Yeah. And what is this? What does this even mean? I mean, are we live now at this point?
2: Yeah, what just happened? I
1: do not think we are live. I think we just trimmed the fat hunters out.
2: Um. um yeah, uh, well, I don't know. You,
0: you guys are the worst go ever. Go. Okay. Please please check your G-chat and keep going.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: Go, go, go. Okay, so Hunter. Hunter, just we didn't lose him. He just has to go potty or something.
2: He has to make poo-poos. <laughs> so let's just talk about Hunter pooping right now. I like that Rachel. idea. <laughs> I think that's a, that should be a podcast okay. by itself.
1: So here's ryan just so you know we are literally all over the place this morning it's like complete chaos um i want to get some structure in we talked a little bit about Patton. you guys add your two cents i you know a- anything you want to add to uh, Patton's performance and 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 then we'll move down the card a little bit
2: go ahead jim did you already weigh in Jim i i did not um but i talked to justin after the fights last night, he was. Uh, um, him and Carly came over to uh, to Applebee's. Uh, I was with Luke Payson, and and I said to Justin, and he basically said the same thing back. I said that, like his his trajectory. Every time we see him, he just keeps going up and up and up, and it's so neat to see that development. And we saw it. We didn't get a whole lot of his amateur career but we saw it from amateurs to his debut. And like now where he's at, wouldn't say that we ever look at fighters and, and think like, I wonder where he can go or, you know, wonder where she can go. But like with Justin now, like where's the ceiling? And he, he said, don't, don't, uh, don't bring me a cannon for my next fight. Cause I want to keep going up. And I'm, and in order for me to do that, I need somebody who's at the next level. So he's he's ready to keep on elevating his game and showing that what he's doing behind the scenes and before he steps in the cage on fight night, that that's what's going on with him and his team.
3: I I would refine one piece of that, of Justin's comments, and I would say it's not bringing in a can. You need to find somebody at Justin's level, right? After yeah. what I saw last night. Because at this point, I know what you're saying, like you got to find somebody up here for Justin. you got to find somebody up where Justin's at. I mean, that was a UFC caliber uh, performance and this isn't this isn't puffery, this isn't Monday morning quarterback and recency bias. This was so legit of a performance. and we we had talked about it, Ryan, that he looked incredible against Kyle Zimmick. He just didn't finish finish and win the fight. But the Kyle yeah. Zimick fight was the best Justin Patton I'd seen. And that guy would have got his butt whooped by Justin Patton last night.
2: Well, he did. Yeah, make, I, so, he, um, Justin made the comment that if that fight is run back um, between him and Zimmick in that cage, he doesn't touch him. And that's his fight all day long, about 10 out of 10 times. 10 out of 10 times.
3: So, which is which what I would expect I, him to I, say.
2: I, I thought was interesting um, that he said that. Because there was some adjustment um, to that new cage where he was used to the 20-foot cage. And a couple times, um, Olave was uh, pressing forward. Patton was going back. And where he thought the the cage was, he sort of uh, had a misstep in judging that and going back, almost stumbled.
3: Yeah, it's like he's reaching because he's so familiar with where the end of the cage is, except it wasn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought, yeah, I, Ryan, right. go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. Um, We had a
1: question about people asking about what cage will be in Murraysville. I, I think the plan right now is for the big cage in, in Murraysville. So um, no definite, but yeah, that's the, that's where our head uh, heads at right now because there's the reason why that makes it possible is because there's a bunch of bleacher seats, um,
3: Otherwise, we would have to go with a smaller cage because we just wouldn't have enough space for people. Hey, Ryan, and maybe Jim, let me ask you guys a question. Do you think – how many finishes were last night? Was there Evan DeRussi? Was there just two?
2: Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Let's see.
1: So, Edgar Edgar, and Timbo Slice was a decision, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Evan got the knockout. Elijah and Jimmy was a decision. Stevenson and Pierce was a decision. Carly and
2: Hustleton was the only other stoppage. Yeah. Carly was a
1: decision. Faith and Elena DeTill was a decision. Patton was a decision. Yeah.
3: There were two stoppages. Two stoppages. So the question I have is, is that because of how equally matched people were or was that due to the size of the cage? Because, you know, obviously if you fought in an eight by eight square, there's nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. And you're probably going to have more finishes. Hmm. See, I, I I don't know. I
1: think it's a combination of everything. I think that um, the bigger cage um, allows people to create distance and keep the fight from maybe being – keeping from getting taken down so it can, it can create more stand-up. Uh, there's arguments both ways. I don't know. It's hard. It's still a lot smaller than the UFC cage.
3: Yeah. Yeah, the UFC cage is, is- – it's a, it's well, zip code. Yeah,
1: the, the UFC cage that they use for the for the big shows, like the Apex cage is only I think twenty-five or twenty or it's like our size.
2: I do think it made a difference in the uh, the grappling super fights, um going to the bigger cage.
1: Yeah. Um okay, so we talked about Justin. Uh Jacob Olave, I, I just think he was he was right behind he was Right there with Justin, but like a step behind, and like, like he's three. This was his fifth pro fight. This was Justin's eighth pro fight, and he, he like, that was probably the difference.
3: Yeah, I felt you know you know what was very similar. Like last night, I watched Colby Covington and, and uh, Leon Edwards, and I felt like Jacob was very similar to Kobe Colby, that he was just a couple beats behind. The entire time and he never got his stuff in because he couldn't navigate the waters and the challenges that justin was presenting so every time he wanted to do something the length of justin gave him problems you know and justin was the first to get him and then he'd get out and i I really saw a lot of similarities between that because colby couldn't get any of his stuff in and jacob could never he could never really get on track and i just think justin I might've likened it to a Rubik's cube and he just couldn't figure out how to get all the colors on one side of the cube. And I felt, I felt like,
1: yeah, I felt like Justin hit that zone where you're just flowing and you see things well and you're seeing it before it's happening. And like, I think he hit that. And I think that's a, I think that's a tough thing to hit And when you do like you're on all cylinders and, and that doesn't happen every fight, even when you look good. I think it happened for Justin last night. When, when that happens, things are, things are easier and things are special. And, when you can find that regularly, that's when you become elite.
3: Yeah, you know, one, one more comment on that fight. What I thought was really interesting is the comments that when I talked to Jacob um, this week and when I when he was on uh, MMA FanCast, he, he reiterated both times that his whole plan when he gets in the cage is to be calm upstairs and flow and whatever comes, comes, and he kind of reacts. And in hindsight, he was describing what Justin did.
0: Sure. Yeah. That's really interesting. Most nice.
3: things I say are Hunter, but
0: whatever. I mean, I've noticed. I've <laughs> I've always said that. that's what I tell everybody. We,
1: I think Hunter and I both have a Kavanaugh man crush. <laughs>
0: uh, who doesn't? Dude, who doesn't? If you yeah. say you don't, you're just lying to yourself. But Sasha, what's up? Sasha's in the 247 live chat. So thanks for watching and watching on the app, Sasha. Dude, what an insanely talented young lady sasha reynolds is that's absolutely nuts the level that she's able to compete at at her age 16 years old guys if you watched i'm sure you guys said that on the stream ryan kavanaugh and you and ethan probably let people know but yeah 16 years old competing at an insanely elite level and grappling went up against maya yankello lost a decision but Another one of those ones that was just insanely close. She did some great things, was attacking the crap out of Maya's legs, as you could expect. And, yeah, it was a great match. We love working with Sasha. Her dad, Boomer, always comes in, and they're they're great. They're awesome. They are three-time sprawl veterans, by the way. Like, that wasn't a full sprawl card, but it was still grappling. I think we'll have to check the notes, but I think she's the only person to compete on all three. All three times we've had grappling, she's been that's on.
3: A, yeah. That's a neat – that's a neat – uh a neat thing there,
0: it is. It That's
3: is, fact, pre- and and what one more? Sorry to interrupt you. One more thing no, I say good. is, she is, she might have company at the top, but she's got the most finishes in sprawl history because I know her first two she finished armbar and heel hook, and although she didn't get it here, since she's the only three time competitor, nobody else has three finishes.
0: Cody Gamble as well. Before <laughs> I just just hit me, Cody was on all three. Yep. Well, but then Jared jared billy just said that too but cody cody got a finish in his first one went with nikki rod the second one and then didn't get a finish last night so sasha still has the the finish's edge on it
2: timbo slice and um cincy uh grappling and last night
0: (laughs) that yeah Yeah. i mean that could count yeah Timbo's like as 247 as anybody, man. He lives in Michigan. He's like the most 247 guy. I where's, I where's
2: Sasha
1: live?
0: Uh Toledo, Ohio. And she said so she's certain. ready. She's ready to be a four-time sprawl competitor. So she's even let's already calling it. her next shot. Let's let's go. Let's go. That's awesome. I mean, I, Yeah.
1: I, that was an insanely competitive bout. Like, I thought that was a uh an, A very close even bout that could have gone either way
0: i told i told aj yeah go ahead go ahead sorry
1: i i feel like when you're um i know there was some discussion like we we felt it was a robbery or whatever like i do not like that's i think that was far from being called a robbery either way like I think that was that was within the window of so close that like a, a judge could see it one way or the other.
0: Yeah, during the rules meeting, we had AJ Lyles, the ref, there obviously, and I told all the competitors, made it very clear, like if it's a close match at the end of six minutes, AJ can and will call a draw. Like a draw is on the table if it's too close for him to make a call. And I I really thought he was gonna do it on that one, uh, so he didn't. But that's how close it was yeah it was ridiculous.
3: Ryan, I know you were you were uh, in the process of walking down the MMA card, but just one quick thought for everybody uh, when you look at when you look at the grappling and you look at the MMA, I thought last night for however many shows I've done for you guys was the best overall performance from all of the female competitors and their matches. It was like that was one of my takeaways is ladies first. They took center cage last night. Every single one of their battles was like, "Put your seatbelt on, grab a beverage, and don't get up until the b- final bell sounds." It was those those type of performances. Yeah, and that's a bittersweet thing,
1: being that you know we had another female MMA bout on the card that was gonna <laughs> that was gonna be a a, a big one um, with Britt Bickert, but um, it wasn't meant to be we will we will plug away to make Murraysville the best darn card we've ever had like I, I think last night was so like the fighters the competitors they they made it they made that show uh, must see tv and if you didn't see it yet there's still time go to stream247live.com the 247 live app on any device and get it it's well worth your 30 bucks
3: what, one thought for uh, Hunter and, and Jim and I guess everybody else who's watching this podcast, when we wrapped it up after the show, Ryan and I and Ethan were talking and I made a comment and I woke up this morning and I was like, I, I think I might have nailed it right there. That MMA portion of the card from from James Stevenson till Chris versus Christopher Pierce all the way to Pat Nalabe, it's very rare where every single fight adds something on top of the other. It was almost like there was this slow build to the main event and there wasn't a dip here or an outlier here. It was like this direct straight line up to the main event. And it was like you could just feel it and the intensity, everything just kept building and building. And then you get that performance from Patton. And it was like, okay. We if if, we'd have to cancel the next fight, we've
0: hit the yeah man. That's that's a super good way to put it, and I think everybody in that arena felt the same thing. And I know Ryan talked about Britt Bicker, and you know since this is the behind the scenes show, like we're all obviously super happy with the crowd there last night. Everything was fantastic, but Ryan, Jim, all all you guys, how many times did you think to yourself? Imagine if Britt and Hoot were still on this card.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I, I gotta tell you. Oh my if god! Had, if if we didn't lose those two fights, I truly believe that that atmosphere would—I mean, it was already ridiculous. Um, that atmosphere would have been something totally on a whole other level.
0: I think it would have been our best ever, and not even close. Like April Bitby sixteen, the Victor Lepari card at the Meadows is is kind of the high water mark for that situation right now in our history. I I genuinely think last night would have beat it. I really do.
2: So when you when you say that, are you talking about overall atmosphere or uh, mm-hmm. individual fight atmosphere? no just overall atmosphere
0: yeah in the i mean there would have been so many more people there last night than we're at the meadows just because the venue's so much larger
1: one of the cool things that um i I, you know i was talking with um hope chase yesterday and she was kind of like you know the way you guys make this look like it feels awesome in here. Like the atmosphere feels good for this big place that like you remove everything you guys did here. And it feels like a big, big old warehouse. Right. Mm -hmm. So that like coming from someone who was like, you know, not has not been a two for seven fighters kind of independent has been, has been around and seen lots of different setups and all that stuff that, that meant a lot. Um, but like that, that's a challenge. Like getting that place to look and feel the way it felt, the way that we we get it to feel is is a challenge. And I think like I looked around last night and I was like, wow, like this looks great.
0: Yeah, it, it did look freaking awesome last night. I do want to shout out two more comments on the two four seven live stream. Jeremiah Butler, he competed against Noah Miller in the grappling portion, so he said, great event. Thanks, Jeremiah. Appreciate you stepping up on short notice. But funny for Jeremiah. He made he made a great post this morning that cracked me up and it was just So for context, Jeremiah weighs about two hundred pounds. Noah Miller was two hundred thirty. And Jeremiah knew that going in. He wanted he was fine. He was, you know, I'll do it anyway but he posted Noah's walkout and it's just Kavanaugh talking about how much weight Noah Miller can lift. He's like, he can squat 700 pounds and deadlift 600 pounds. And Jeremiah's caption was like, yeah, weight classes matter. Basically. He's like, he's like, I learned, I learned a lesson last night. (laughs) Noah, Noah just big brothered him. But yeah, the,
1: the problem with it now is everyone knows it. Like, right. Like back in the hoist Gracie days, like, no, he knew it and no one else did and he could like weight classes didn't matter but that that yeah. has evolved everyone knows yeah. gracie's tricks now
0: yeah Jer- jeremiah was a super good sport about it he's like you guys 100 i want to be back on the next show but i am like no more going against a 230 pound animal i'm not doing that again so so he wants gamble next Yeah, Jeremiah versus Cody Gamble, I think, is the move. (laughs) Not 230, I need 260. Yeah, 260, I think, is what he wanted. uh, Dana Reynolds, it's Sasha, sorry. It says Dana, she's using her mom's guy. Anyway, she said it was cool being backstage with all the MMA people. Awesome. Yeah, that's a cool dynamic that I didn't really consider, that with the combined show, that also meant combined corner rooms dressing area so yeah the grapplers got to mingle with the mma fighters and vice versa so yeah that's pretty sweet pretty cool dynamic who okay that was pretty neat so after pat and olave we had hustleton padmore to talk about and yeah let's talk that's one of the only other finishes like you guys said two finishes on the card that was the second finish and that came like late in the third round so that was close to a decision as well which is just nuts so, dude, that the final shot, the final ground and pound shot that Padmore landed was huge. Like it was so clean, it got through so clean, and Chip just stepped in immediately, which was a good call. I know a lot some of Huston's people thought he could have kept going, but the first like thirty seconds of that fight were all time craziness in two four seven history.
2: Put yeah, that put was Yeah, yeah. Put that thirty seconds, the beginning of that fight in the small cage. Oh. And I, okay, I so, that where cages make a difference
1: So a little a little story, so sitting cage side, I see things that like and we all see different things, but I saw something that I wanted to make a note of, and I talked with Chris about this afterwards, but so they're both like they, they these guys like each other. like I don't know that they know each other well, but they have respect for each other, the gyms have respect for each other, all those things. And Padmore and Hustleton both had plenty of respect in every aspect of the pre-fight, all that stuff. Padmore get, comes to the cage. Hustleton was first. Padmore does his little walk around. And, and Hustleton reaches out his hand to, like, kind of shake his hand. And Padmore kind of, like, snuffed him. And, and Hustle, like, that was Hustleton was pissed. And it, like, I, I believe that that changed. That that the mental, uh, this game is so, like, the fight game, these guys train, like, the physical aspect is a huge part of it. But, like, if, if, if you're not in the right mental space, like, that can ruin everything. I think that made a difference. And I, I don't know if it was good or bad, all I'm saying is when his he he was he was in a different place after that than he was before that.
3: I my take I, I didn't see that. My take, I, but I, I understand what you're saying, Ryan. Because of this onslaught, what I'm most impressed about in that fight is that Hustleton made it to the third round because he he took all the gas in that first minute and threw it at, at Padmore. I mean, he look at this guy. I mean, he's going uh-huh. for a finish right now. And he went until yeah. he's like, my arms feel like they're 1,000 pounds. I can't throw any more punches. And at that moment, yeah. I'm like, I
2: don't know he's going to oh, get Oh, man, out I was this- watching that.
0: That's all you guys get <laughs> for free. That's all. That's all the viewers get for free. If you want to see the full thing, go to two four seven live and buy it. It's like a marketing, genius. It's a marketing
3: genius. I'm telling you though, that minute is worth ordering the replay because facts. I'm looking at this, I, but I'll tell you what I thought. Padmore was defensively sound in those moments. He was. He's mature beyond a three fight. You know, you could say he was a three fight guy going into that. I call him a less than six round fight guy going into that. Because you got a finish in one, a finish in two, and a finish in three. He's, he spent less than six minutes in the cage. And to have a dude the size of Hustleton throwing fight ending punches and barrages over and over, and Padmore's just like, dude, 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 like, it was impressive.
0: So, fun yeah, the, fact, the other thing, go ahead. Uh, here's my fun fact. Hold Hold your thought, Ryan, though, so you don't forget what you were going to say. Padmore told me after the fight he might want to go to 185. I said and that, that would be crazy.
3: I said that at the end of the, the end of the podcast because Ethan was like, because I I asked Ethan, you know, hey, is this a title shot? He's 4 0 now. And he said, yeah, maybe a title shot here or at 205. I said, what about 185? If Padmore could carry that power on <laughs> oh 185, my God. dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: a scary guy. That's oh a scary guy.
2: Yeah. Well, that um, uh, was supposed to be a, a title qualifier.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and
2: we have had people that
1: said they wanted to fight Padmore then were given the, the opportunity and they didn't sign the contract. So <laughs> let's I mean that's just a part of the the fight game. Padmore's not a guy that a lot of people want to want to fight I mean there's not, a, we, there's not a long line
3: for that fight Ryan. <laughs> there's not we've uh, the other
1: the, the, the thing I wanted to say sorry hunter. The you thing did. I wanted to say is, Hustleton made a great adjustment. I don't know if it had to do with uh, it being like happening between rounds or not, but I think it was in the first round, maybe the second. Um, he had Padmore against the fence, and and Padmore was covering up, and he kept hitting, and he kept only hitting to the to the head, and that's where Padmore was protecting himself. The body was wide open, like he could have landed heavy body shots. That would have made a big impact in the fight. We didn't. And then the neck that kind of happened again later in the fight. And he took advantage of those body shots. And and that was a great adjustment. And something that I think if he did, if he did that earlier in the fight, that could have made a difference. That could have taken his power away. That could have put Padmore in a different position.
3: You know, I want to piggyback off that real quick, Ryan. You know, that was the seventh fight, and you kind of get you get caught watching these fights and you forget that the body shot is actually a thing because that might've been the first body shot that actually landed. And then once he landed it to your point, the rest of that fight, it was a focal point of his. And I bet you, he landed 10 body shots on Padmore and body Mm -hmm. shots to me. They're like, you know, fish oil, vitamins, you know, over a course of time they start adding up and you're like, wait a minute, these things work. This dude's slowing down and he doesn't like it. And that opens the head up. But Hustleton really, I, I was impressed with that adjustment. That's a that's a great call, Ryan.
0: Ryan the fight analyst. Look at that. That is awesome. So I just I just typed a comment um on YouTube, Facebook for you guys. I said, I'll show another highlight from the event. Let me know what you guys want to see. So go ahead. Call it. Call out whatever you Mr. guys want to see the most.
1: Look at look at Mr. Engagement.
0: Yeah. Right, we'll see who's <laughs> yeah. answered. I have a I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would want to see again, to be honest. I need to rewatch the entire event today, to be honest. See what, yeah, Jared Billy said DeRusi right away. That's kind of what I thought people would say. But I can't show, not – no, I'm just kidding. I'll show it.
1: <laughs> I, I put the same comment on um, 247 Live. So, <clears throat> nice. let's talk about Padmore's speech. Oh, Lucas. Padmore's Siebert, speech was
0: really that. good. Padmore's speech was you know, really good. I
1: have to watch that because I didn't I I don't think I was at he had, there.
0: He had a quote that was something to the effect of I don't need to call I don't need to call out anybody. They're all beneath me. I was like, "All right, dude, nice, nice, nice." I like I like when dudes in their post-fight speech have a little sauce, you know? Put a little sauce on it, man. You got the mic, here's your chance. Be bold, be saucy.
1: Do you listen? If you want to, like, have that mic, make people remember you when you had that mic, that's your chance. If you just say the same thing that the last guy said, that the last guy said, that the last guy said, like, no one's going to remember it. But if you say something different, I don't care what it is. Say something different. Get people's attention. That's taking advantage of your opportunities.
0: Absolutely, we got Tommy Vickers wants to see a clip from the Faith Nichols fight, which that's a that's a good one too. I'll I'll find the uh, there was a pretty good barrage in round two, if I recall right.
1: That's the next fight to talk about.
0: Okay, let's let's go ahead and start talking about that. I'm going to sift through the replay and find a good spot to show on the stream. Only
1: because it's the way the topology has it listed, and that's what I'm looking at right now.
0: Nice, um, but Carly <laughs>
1: Joe's fight was the one. Yeah, but- yeah. Faith Nichols, okay, so here's what I took took from this fight. I felt like Faith – now, I, this is the first fight I've ever seen in Faith. I haven't watched a lot of film. Um, I felt like early in the fight, Faith was spending a lot of energy at a bad distance. I, that's – what I'm watching, I felt like she was punching hard and not in striking distance, and I felt like that, that was wasted energy that she – like was throwing a lot of them. Um, I felt like at the end of round two, she, she, for the first time with more than like a single punch with, with a combination, I, th- I felt like she started, she was in that distance and she started landing and it was good. She ended that second round very strong. I don't think it won it round, but she ended it very strong. And then I, I felt like the third round was hers, but th- I felt like she had so many opportunities and to just say, okay, tonight's not my night. And like it would have looked normal. And but she has a lot of heart and she displayed it. Yeah,
0: no doubt.
3: That clip that Hunter just showed kind of epitomized Dutel for the first round, maybe round and a half, and then sporadically throughout it. You know, one one comment I see with the amateurs a lot of times, one comment I'll make and, and, and a tendency is you throw like one, two, and then they're clinching. Or, you know, they're, they're solo shots, they're naked leg kick stuff. Do that like that first round, I don't think she threw less than a seven or eight punch combo. I mean, she was just yeah, spandering was... kicks. It was like she was being paid per strike.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, that was certainly impressive and someone that like – Watch
1: out for this girl.
0: The, I know every fighter gets pay-per-view points in their pay-per-view percentage in their contract, Jim, but did, did Elena get paper strike as well as pay-per-view? <laughs> she did, yeah. I wasn't sure. She was fighting like she did. Here's here's some Faith Nichols action Ryan was talking about kind of towards the end of round two. You can see she's kind of finding her groove here. But, yeah, that, that opening sequence was absolutely ridiculous. I, I forgot it started that chaotically. <laughs> that was insane.
3: Well, we, we made a point, you know. This was
0: such a good fight.
3: Yeah, it was such a good fight, and, and to you know, to kind of promote what you guys do. I assume you're going to do it again this year, and I assume I'll be left off the invitation list, which is fine. It's fine. I get it. But the end of the year two four seven awards, I said, look, we're you know we, we <laughs> everyone's we, a victim. Yeah, I, that's that's you know that's my background. No, um, no, I was going to say like. Nice. Before you hand out the hardware to Leto and Burrs for fight of the year or round of the year, at the end of that first round, I'm like, okay, these ladies, they're in the conversation, and who knows what's going to happen in the next two rounds. And while they certainly you know, do tell, especially kind of slowed down a little bit due to the output in round one, Faith Nichols picked up where she left off. I, Faith Nichols, man, tough is an understatement. She was game is an understatement. That, she was so tough. And she was going nowhere.
0: Yeah. That, that, I told them after that fight, there were a lot of people in the crowd. You know, During the events, I kind of just walk around, mingle a lot, talk to fighters and coaches, fans, everybody I can find. And so many people during that fight were telling me, like, this is the fight of the night, man. He's like, I, I, I can't believe how good this fight is. That one got the people going for sure. People loved that fight. And I told Faith and Elena both backstage afterwards, like, you guys please be proud of what you just did it was a great fight like there's no loser in that one by any means but yeah it was just those those ones are always special when you get those ones that just both people are totally game totally talented and just standing toe-to-toe like that it was that was an ideal fight whoever, whoever matched yeah, that was that.
1: Lo- <laughs> that was one where you know you know, you see people that have like, okay, so like Elena Dutill, she never fought for us before. She's four and two. She's, um, we saw that she's super tough. Um, but that there's like a, a, a radar that like she hit for us. Like, this is a young girl that she keeps going. Like, she has a lot of potential. She could, she could elevate herself to the, to the, like to great heights so um yeah definitely on our radar as someone to keep an eye on
0: absolutely and that fight was at 115 and they both came in significantly under from what i remember yeah. it was like 110 110 and 112 or something like that so we're talking ladies that could make 105 probably and fighting at 115 yeah they're they were tiny tiny demons in there it was pretty cool to see <laughs> Who who was um, under Carly, that Carly Joe? Yeah, we gotta talk about Carly Joe. Carly
1: Joe and 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 Cara Hode. Wow,
0: incredible, incredible fight again. I mean, just insanely evenly matched. I think Cara, you know, Kara Hode was five and zero oh going into that, so everybody knew she was an animal. Carly Joe three and two, I believe, going into that, and she locally. People know Carly Jo as one of the toughest outs locally. Everybody knows around here how good Carly Joe is and that 3-2 and two maybe doesn't necessarily tell the full story with her. So we, I looked at it as kind of like elite versus elite for sure. We knew what we were getting there. I think everybody knew that was going to be an insanely high-level amateur female fight. I do think Kara's size advantage was pretty evident. I think she used her length and her bigger frame really well against Carly, but then Carly's wrestling and... Control and clinch was kind of the difference in that fight. Which training at the Mat Factory might surprise you, but her wrestling got pretty good. (laughs) Can (laughs) you imagine that somebody training there would have good wrestling? Doesn't make any sense. But yeah, Carly Joe looked phenomenal. That's kind of her signature win to date. I would say that's you're talking about how Elena and Faith can potentially make that leap to the next level. That's that fight for Carly Joe is the one for me that is the one that you can say okay next level now for carly and by the way carly always wants the toughest fights possible so that's not going to change now not sure how much higher than kara hode you can go on the amateur scene jim but if if carly doesn't want to go pro you're going to have to find somebody better than kara next that's your challenge
2: yeah yeah i think we had um i'm pretty sure that we were talking to uh, uh kara's coach about her coming in like this is this is what we thought of her her coming in for a pro debut against Britt. Mm. Hmm. But we'd been talking to her for a while. This has gone back like a year and a half, uh, maybe two years ago. And I know she had some time off, but but that was I think that is how the conversation turned towards uh, towards Carly. We'd got Britt matched and um and her co her coach still wanted her to get an opportunity with us, and, and we moved over to Carly. Not that ah, Carly was playing second fiddle, but that's just the way that that, that progressed.
1: Oh,
0: that's so the,
2: really the cool.
1: topology
2: the topology
1: predictions on this fight was 91% for Cara Hode. Um, wow. And so, I mean, when you have a 5-0 and o versus a 3-2, and two, like, mm-hmm.
3: that's going to be. On paper, yeah. I got a couple of behind but, the scenes thing. Sorry, Ryan. I, uh, no, I was of, just saying fights don't happen on paper. That's right. Because I, I have a couple of behind the scenes things. Um, this one we mentioned on the broadcast, Jim, and it was I don't know if it was direct directed at you, but before the we're in the back, and Justin and Carly Joe are laying there. They've got a pretty nice spread, as you guys probably saw. They got some blankets, a couple pillows. they they're like chilling out because at that point they both have like three hours until they. You know are gonna fight so they're just relaxing and, and ethan and I were talking to him for a minute and I said you know five and oh, i said Carly I, d- do you just not take easy fights are you looking for the toughest people out there and Justin pipes up he goes now they offered they offered her like a, a one and one or a two and one and she was pissed she was so mm-hmm. upset about it she's <laughs> like I'm insulted I want a fight and so they found a five and0 oh, and I just You know, that's the dog and Carly Joe. And the second thing is after the event, I ran into Kara Hode and I just thanked her for coming out and for doing what she did in the cage because, you know, there's a lot of people that this doesn't happen without, but it starts with the fighters and the sponsors. And uh, so I thanked her for that. And she said, very similar to John Cavanaugh, Connors coach, she said, look, I don't see this as a loss. It's only a loss if there's not a lesson. And I'm going to mm-hmm. learn a lot from this and I'm only an amateur and I needed this type of fight. And I, and I told her what you say all the time, Ryan. I'm like, look, you can go 10-0 and not fight anybody. And then you go into the pros and you just mentioned tapology. There's a reason tapology, once you're a pro, does, I mean, your fights are on there, but they don't recognize your amateur record. So you could be 10-0 and, and not have a fight like that and be totally unprepared, or you could find an 8-0 And Carly might end up being five and five. And I'll take her and her pro debut all day long because she's been through the fire and she survived it. And she's faced people that are supposed to be above her level. And she's accepted the challenge and and came out with flying colors and a W. So.
0: Dude, what? That was awesome analysis, dude. I just want to compliment how well put that was that you should do this for a living.
2: Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> and then do
0: you, and then you see... can do
1: law on the side. Yeah, yeah, just do
0: law on the side, dude. Check out I just I just saw this on the stream as it was playing. Here's the most savage thing Carly did the entire fight. I didn't notice this. Watch sure. this.
1: She didn't sit. No, I don't want to no, that. no yeah.
0: stool, no water either. No. So I don't need I don't need any of this.
3: Hunter, Hunter, <laughs> we're we literally talked about it. Then she goes back after round two, and I'm like, I can't believe they offered the stool again. They should know about <laughs> it. <laughs> we, we asked Carly after the after the fight, I said, dude, you're a savage. Like, who doesn't want water to sit out after fighting? And she's like, it just it makes my, my stomach, I, I don't want it. And I'm like, I'm very nervous. By the way, one thing that we said and Ryan heard it, and then I told Patton afterwards as he's laying down on the on the medics table and they're getting ready to stitch him up. And I said, Justin, great before, before I leave, I just have one request, man. I've never asked any of anything of you. Can you and Carly Joe, please go tomorrow and get cr- uh, pictures taken for your Christmas card.
1: And-
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they did well, uh, they, get their picture they- taken today
1: they did get pictures taken today for sure can
0: you pull that up hunter yeah 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 let me go find that really cool really cool for both of them the
3: greatest compliment is if they actually took my advice and then just went with it and they're like here's a christmas card
1: don't feel complimented yeah
3: Hmm. oh um
1: as hunters finding that this was one of those fights that we got some backlash on where People like online were saying there was the wrong decision, blah blah blah. Like you guys, you know. Look okay. at that! Both of them belted up.
3: Wow! Did
1: they
0: yeah, just that's, get a
3: purple belts after the today?
0: I must. I'm gonna have to check to make sure. I think this is a belt promotion, right? Yeah. They, it is. they both got promoted. Yeah. So Carly purple, and it looks like Justin got a brown. So that's pretty sweet. Pretty, pretty sweet.
2: What a
1: weekend for the power couple.
0: No doubt.
3: Something that I find funny, and maybe nobody else will, but if one person does, then I'm going to tell the story. We're in the back, (laughs) Ethan and I, and we're talking to some grapplers, and I can't remember who it is, and I'm like, hey, are are you belted?" He's like, I'm just a white belt. I'm like, dude, so am I. This is great.
2: (laughs) Nice, nice,
1: (laughs) nice. Ryan, you won me. You won me over. (laughs)
0: Shout out, while we're on the topic, guys, there is a podcast episode on 247 Live with Carly Joe and Justin both on it, as well as their manager and local fight coach, legend Chris Williams. It was a really good time. So, actually revisiting it now might be kind of cooler, even. Now that the fights have happened, you can kind of take what they're saying with, with the knowledge of what actually happened. So, good time to go look back on that podcast. And all of our podcast episodes are on 247 Live and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. So we had who else from the car? Evan Derussi had a podcast. Well, uh, well, with hold Cowboy on, hold
1: Eddie. on. Let's not move on yet. Can we okay. can we talk more about this fight?
2: Yeah, because of
1: I want to see your guys' reaction. Okay, where did this fight land with you guys on? And listen, we try to be as objective as humanly possible. But was this a no-brainer decision for? um carly joe in your guys opinion or was it close enough that like it could have gone either way like where did you see the the this decision in your head as they were coming to announcement
0: insanely close in my opinion like when they were it was a split right yeah so when it came to that third when it came to that third judge announcement i had no idea who was gonna get it i was on the edge of my seat just like everybody else
1: okay jim
2: yeah, I had it going uh, to Carly and Dylan. Dylan Cole was sitting next to me, and he had it going the other way. Okay.
3: I, I, I had it, Carly, and I and I think uh, Ethan did as well from the broadcast table. But but
2: okay, and it was
3: one of those where if it's if it went either way, no, there was no robbery. Nobody's throwing yeah. stuff in the cage. Like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have argued either way on that one.
1: Yeah, I, that that's the way I felt. I, I felt that. Carly Joe had a slight advantage and got the nod, and that's the way it ended up shaking out. And so, uh, I like to I like to see if I'm on. And 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 I have not watched this this fight back yet, but this is one of the fights that I'm going to watch like probably today back um, or tonight rather, um, just to see. Uh, like, am I like I saw it in person? I had some things going on, some distractions. Like, I want to sit down and watch it and say. Was I off or was this like either way fight?
0: Yeah, I I want to watch that one back, too. I want to know. I got a quick. All right. Sorry,
3: Let me just throw something in real quick, Hunter. When you showed that podcast and you mentioned Chris Williams and other little behind the scene things, Ethan and I actually had the Chris Williams counter at the broadcast table marking off every time he was in the corner and it was six of eight. Six out of eight. The busiest yeah. man in the building. And then Jared Billy, well, I, I in the chat, I don't have an opportunity to, to respond, but I appreciate it. And uh, I will say it's a lot cooler with the scene. If you don't believe me, just ask Jail Sonnen.
1: <laughs>
3: Dude, that, that
0: story's <laughs> little little inside story there. That's super fun. That's super fun.
1: We'll have to we'll have to expose that story on a Kavanaugh episode.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, what What? What? lot that sure, I want
0: to share. Real quick, everybody listening, I'm going to get to what I think is the best behind the scenes story of the entire evening as we go. We're just not there yet. We're working through the card. I promise we're going to get there. Something happened before the very first bout of the night that is just a story that's going to seriously blow you guys' minds. I think it's it's top, it's probably the craziest thing that's happened since I've been the GM. Okay, like well, a situation uh, totally out of
2: should are I you, just tell it now? You- no, I'm saving yeah. it.
0: I'm saving it. You guys got to stay tuned in. We'll get there. We'll get there. I promise. Right. But just stay tuned for that. Trust me.
2: Give them a teaser. I don't know that.
0: It is. It's nothing that happened inside the cage at all. It, it's a totally like outside situation that happened. And that one competitor continued to perform despite this outside situation is absolutely incredible.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, stick around to hear it because it's 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 pretty insane. Um, Let's—I don't remember the fight order, but let's talk about um, Elijah and Jimmy.
0: Wow, uh, that's my first reaction is wow. That's another fight of the. I thought Faith and Elena had fight of the night wrapped up when that fight happened, and then Jimmy Elijah was the very next fight, and I was like, hold on, now <laughs> mm-hmm. we got some competition here. I'm going to have to Not watch so him fast. back to decide. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So back and forth by far. Elijah is he's a physical freak. We know that. We know that he's super talented, but I thought that was by far the best he ever put it all together inside the cage. And we've seen, you know, that includes his fights outside of 247 as well. We've seen all of his fights. That was the most complete version of Elijah Davis to date. Very tough fight that for one, me. And
1: that one had me doing backflips.
0: <laughs> like half backflips what are we talking about
1: <laughs> So I was so I was so happy for him not to try to do a backflip <laughs> because everything else he did in that in that cage was super impressive. I didn't want to just pull pull his impressiveness in, on the in that cage down.
2: You know, the one thing that uh that I was really impressed with is how quickly he adjusted in the first round. Um, They both clipped each other, but in the first round, Jimmy started making uh, forward movements and ducking down, coming in and then, like, reaching up to throw an overhand right. And Elijah caught that probably, like, the second or third time he came in. And it, like, Fat Farm continued to do that, but, but Elijah caught it every time after that. That's all I have to say about that.
0: I, I'm i going to give it, yeah. Ryan's that.
3: muted. Sorry, w- one thing on uh, for this fight was bananas, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Show that
1: again, please, please. Sure. We could never, for- We could never see this enough times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely, definitely not Elijah's best backflip attempt ever.
1: Oh my gosh. I love Elijah. He's so awesome.
0: <laughs> so good. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. What what were you going to add?
3: I was just going to say demolition fight team coming from, from Finley. I don't know. You know, talking to them, they have 11 pro fighters. Does that seem like, is there gyms in Pittsburgh? Is there a gym with 11 pro fighters training?
0: There might not be 11 pro fighters training in Pittsburgh combined. I don't know. Right? It's close. I mean, that's, yeah. no. there
1: are stop. <laughs> there's a I mean, I say in 2 years there will be. Oh, easily. Easily. Right if, now, if they stick I? with it. If you if you that's with it. That's tough. It's close. No, if no, they no. stick with it. <laughs> no, I'm saying like listen, like when you're an amateur fighter, it's a tough world and there's a bunch of a bunch of hurdles and obstacles that come your way. And this is what I tell Jim and, and Hunter. I said, like, listen, like, these guys are going to have life interrupt their fighting. Fighting my, for a lot of these guys is not going to be happening two years from now. Like, it's just not. Like, that's the reality of it. And it's a numbers game. And some of them are going to be competing in two years, and but most of them aren't. And that's just the way it is. It's a tough sport. And there's a and. and and it, there's a lot of things. There's women, like relationships. There's jobs. You get a good job. Like, why would you let? Why would you be doing this? I mean, that's unless you really love it and you have the support of everyone around you that's pushing you to. Like, it's really difficult.
3: It's a good tie-in. This with this with this fight because Pad Palm came in. He was five and zero. Oh. This was his sixth fight sixth fight in 18 months by the way so talk about staying mm. busy this guy and i asked he's such an interesting really nice kid i can call him a kid because i'm an old man but I, I said what is this by purpose he's like i just fight when my coaches tell me okay <laughs> but he's like either way win lose or draw i'm taking a break after this because i'm going to the police academy and then i will be a professional fighter and a, and a police officer at the same time so Your point's well taken, Ryan. It takes a special person. First of all, you have to step away to go to the police academy. So you're going to have some uh, delays in your training. And then when you come back, it's a different world because you're working a nine to five or whatever those hours are. you got to get your training in when you can get it in. Um, And, you know, you throw uh, – you left one word out of there, Ryan. It was Children. So, um, you might, you might find a girl or have a girl and she wants to have kids. And now that's a whole nother complicated layer of, of time. As we look at that, was it one of Ryan's kids in the back yelling? That's what I
0: was literally just going to say as either his wife or kid is yelling in the background.
3: (laughs) You you busted me. I got
0: busted right there. (laughs) I I I
3: thought I I could walk around. How about Tim, Tim Bailey in the chat coming through? There you go, Hunter. Perfect, well perfect
0: point, Tim Bailey. Cop life and MMA life ain't easy, yeah, dude. Full time. Co- that's that's who we were just trying to think of the other day. Who were we? We were just uh, telling a state trooper. He was talking, and oh, dude, hang on. Justin Patton just texted me something that you guys are going to absolutely love. But so while, before
2: while you're, uh, <laughs> uh, pulling that up, um, I got to take off. Um, family's ready to go. We're headed uh, up north, um, probably about like an hour away, to go get our Christmas tree.
0: Perfect. Are, are trees, are,
2: listening hey, on Jim, the way.
3: Jim, our tree's that hard to go find in
2: Pennsylvania? You got to go an hour
3: away?
0: Go an hour, yeah.
2: That's that's where the hot chocolate is. That's really what it is. Yeah. Well. He's
0: have he's going full uh, Clark Griswold on him. Try not to run anybody off the road, or yeah. you know.
3: <laughs> hey, listen, I'm still I'm still uh, in fight mode. Uh, from last night, so if you get a chance, you should stop at Strip District Meats. You can get any <laughs> game you want. Uh, you want Ostrich, they got it. They'll probably have hot chocolate if they know you're coming. Strip District Meats. Go there when you can.
0: Look at that guy. Plug right, into yeah. the sponsor. You're a good man. You're a good right. man, Ryan Captain. Dude, we need, later, we need you later, on here Jimbo. more often. Bye, Jim? Jimbo Slice. Tough. Dude, Strip District Meats, <laughs> what I love about our sponsors exceptionally is that the fact that we plug them is because we actually want to plug them. We don't have a single sponsor that I feel like, well, they pay us. So I got to talk about, like, I literally want to talk about, I want people to go experience strip district meets because it really is an incredible place. Like I freaking love that place. So the funny thing
2: is
1: podcast plugs aren't even a part of their sponsorship. We just, just,
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So the, I was starting to say and got completely sidetracked. Tim Bailey said cop life and MMA life ain't easy. That's Ryan, that's who we were trying to think of at the Meadows when we were talking to that state trooper. And we said, there's a couple cops that fight for us. And we said James Stevenson right away. And we were like, there's another one, and I can't remember who it is. Tim Bailey. There you go. So this is beautiful. (laughs) Justin Patton just texted me and said – "Uh." Carly Joe left her purse at the Monroeville Convention Center and I have it, so I need to meet up with them today to get her her purse back. And he said, We're getting pictures with Santa while our faces are beat up with our new belt. So they are they're getting their pictures taken with Santa with beat up faces. That's beautiful. That's so good.
1: That is awesome.
0: Ethan Goss, full time excavator and pro MMA champ champ. Yeah. Facts. Is, it, is he
1: a former fighter? No. Well,
0: uh, I mean, it's been a while. When's the last time he competed? So that, it's been no, at least I a month. You
1: know why? I don't think you know why I'm saying that. That was oh. I. I tauntingly, jokingly put that yeah. on his uh, on his badge.
0: Ah, nice. What like does his, it say? So,
1: so it said former fighter on it. <laughs> That's great,
3: Hunter. I don't know. I brought mine. You won't be able to see it, but it says Ryan Kavanaugh, play-by-play man, lawyer on the side. You know, lawyer on the like, side. Lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this dude. Is, this is my primary job here, um, and if I have gotten, a little law,
1: <laughs> just throw a little law on the side when you have time.
3: Yeah, let's see.
0: All right, Jared wanted to see DeRussi's knockout. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him a bone for being the best one of the best fans what? for sure. He's in he's in the Mount Rushmore of two four seven fans for sure, so he gets it.
1: I agree one hundred percent correct. All
0: right, but let's 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 do this DeRussi KO for you guys real quick.
1: We have to do it in slow mo. Slow it down.
0: Hang on, full speed first, then we'll slow it down. Full speed's important because you need to see what Chip and everybody else sees in real time, man. It's hard. It's really fast. <laughs> Put so it we've full, got
1: full screen, bro.
0: It's going to – I can't. I can't.
3: So, so I want to make a comment here. From our angle, I'm – Oops. At the desk, so you, that's the camera angle I saw, so that doesn't give me any insight. And Darussi, I was looking at his back. And Tyler fell down right there. So I didn't – like where you guys were at on the opposite side of the cage, you had a much better vantage point of that strike to the ground. So, Evan, if uh, – you know, no disrespect if if I, uh, you know, unintentionally hinted that you might have hit him in the face. Certainly cool. wasn't my intent. Okay, I mean, so – You hit him in the face there.
0: That definitely went to his stomach. Like clearly the – yeah, those are not to his head at all. Wow, you can actually t- I I didn't s- slow it down to 0.25, but when you do, it's extremely obvious that that first one isn't even anywhere near his head.
1: You now, know, live in person, I was 100% convinced he hit him in the head. You know what I think but adds to it? Watching this. Yeah.
0: My wife had a great point cuz she was she kind of had a similar angle. When he falls like from actually being knocked out, like watch how he falls hard and his head whips. I think the fact that his head is like still moving around makes it seem like he hit him in the head cuz like he's throwing down and his head's moving so you're like oh he hit him in the head but really his head's just still recoiling from hitting the ground. Dude that's a Dude, that's a the, wick, that's a wicked knockout the, bro. <laughs> the
1: most impressive thing about all of that is that he consciously thought not to hit him in the head to hit him in the stomach. Did just that. Was accused of doing something illegal, and then apologized for it just in case.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. I didn't
1: do it. I didn't think I did it, but I'm going to say I'm sorry because that's not who I am. Even if even if I
3: happen to do what I know I didn't do.
0: Pretty awesome, like, man. Pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, he, he he. Go ahead, Ryan.
3: No, no. Go ahead. I go ahead.
0: I was just going to say Evan was he was heated about the fact that he was getting flack for that. I I talked to him this morning for a while. He's still kind of juiced up. I think he's good now. I think he understands the situation. He didn't enjoy the fact that the ref and the commission were making it seem like they were 100% sure that he did something illegal. He didn't like that. So, which is fair. You know, if you didn't do something illegal and people are saying you did, I I get that.
3: (laughs) Then when you look at that, I, I was just going to say, I know I just apologize, but if, if any commentary or anything had anything to do with the flack, Evan, you know, just doing my job. And and nor did I say you hit him in the head. It was just more of I'm unsure. But, I you know, look, I think it's a lot. What I was going to say is it's kind of a longer conversation, a podcast for another day. But as, you know, kind of to go off of what Ryan just said and pro fighters and, you know, it's hard to, for fighters to become pros I'm watching these shows and, and after one drive, you know, I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, who, who are the guys right now fighting for two, four, seven? Who are the guys that I think are going to have a shot at making a real run and a real career about this. And it's hard to look at someone who's two and O, oh, but you know, just from last night's card, you know, Cowboy Eddie has, a, and we haven't, I know we haven't gotten to Cowboy Eddie yet, but DeRussi. You know, you see these guys that just keep getting better as amateurs. James Lido, for me, is at the top of that list as well. Like that dude's a freaking stud. I know oh, he was yeah. on the card yesterday, but you know, I think there's a lot of dudes fighting for two four seven. That if they choose to make this, they have a legitimate shot of making a run at it.
0: Uh, the scene is so crazy right now, man. We talk about it all the time, just the options and seeing the growth is like it's the coolest thing because there's so many guys cowboy eddie timbo slice de hoot lee james Lido. a lot of these guys they've directly come up with two four set like we've been there from the debut all the way to now you're three and and0 oh or whatever four and and0 oh. like the progression lucas siebert you could throw him in there he's ready to make a pro debut i believe so like all those guys miguel francisco's right on that cusp too like when they're competed for us and we've seen that progression in real time, it's really special, man. It's one of the most rewarding parts of this job for me, for sure. So I absolutely love to see that. But yeah, Darussi absolutely a guy that we see as has real next level potential. And on his podcast, not to just plug the podcast again, but we do talk about that a lot with Darussi and where his head's at. He 100% intends to make this a full-time career. This isn't part-time for him. So it shows i mean that was the best version of i've always been impressed with evan Derussi, but that he showed that kind of knockout power was what he needed to i mean did we not literally say that in the in the preview show i think me i think i said it actually i'm like he's two and oh and they're both very impressive wins but he needs to start stopping people if he's really like that that's what he needs to work on next is like get the finish now because he's beating dudes up for six minutes which is impressive But when you can really start finishing them is when you're gonna start differentiating yourself and really getting big time attention. So literally to a T, he did exactly what he needed to do there.
1: He called he 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 did the the belt thing.
0: He did. He did do the belt thing, which everybody listened. Just as an
1: FYI. As an FYI, what do we look for for title fights? Okay. First thing is we want four fights. That's we 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 prefer now does that mean there's not an outlier does that mean that we wouldn't absolutely not no but we really want four fights we want you to win a fight at advance before you you are offered a title so just as an fyi that's really where 247 kind of our mold is uh is set for and that's you know part of the reason why you know padmore like people that are three and oh you know, generally don't get title fights.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Great point. Great point. We we want our belts to mean something. It's always weird to me, and I'm not throwing shade at anybody in particular. But we see title fights all the time where you look at it and it's like a two and two and one or two and two or zero and anything. Even I've seen or like a catchweight belt. You know, like there's there's weird situations where it's like. Extremely obvious that they're using the belt as a marketing tool and nothing else. Like we literally just need to be able to say something cool about this fight, and that's really not the case with us. We want our title fights to be best versus best, ready to roll. Like that means something. If you're the two four seven champ, you are the man for good reason, and, and that's
1: and, and what that belt actually means. What we wanted to 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 signify is you're ready for that next level now that that doesn't necessarily mean that like if you're winning an amy belt like you don't you're immediately a pro like no it it is supposed to signify when you win a 247 belt like you are the you're on the top of a regional promotion not just a local show that hands belts out like it's candy on, thing, on Thanksgiving, on Halloween.
3: <laughs> Ryan, I will say this. I've stopped calling your – not that I ever really did, but there is a huge difference to me between local MMA, MMA and regional MMA. And you make that distinction. And what I would say is that local MMA will use the belt as a tool to bring people in and make it sound better, whereas regional MMA is offering a different product – where um, belts are cool, they're a part of the process, but the entire show itself is the best regional fighters. It's not just a bunch of people we throw together and it doesn't make any sense. Like I've talked to you offline about this, Ryan, where I'm like, and I've even talked to some fighters, you know, in the week up and being like, hey, man, I don't want you to look past this opponent. but But where do you see this going? Like, who do you want next? Call somebody out. You know, like it's not just like set something up like I would have loved last night for someone to be like, hey, I don't know if anybody in here has heard, but there's a city called Murraysville and there's a show on February 24th. And I want to be on the first ever 247 Brawl in the Burg 20 at the Murraysville Sports Arena. And I, I don't just want to be there. I want to be in the cage and I want to share it with this guy. Say a name. Whether whether you're able to put it together doesn't – but if you are able to put it together, now Hunter can put a clip out there on Facebook and say, hey, man, there's the challenge and it's answered and we're doing it for you. And now, you know, Bro the Berg 19 means something to 20, which means something to 21, and that's how regional promotions. not like, hey, we show up and we're we're familiar with some names and not others and they're just mashed up and fighting just to put fights on. I don't think you guys are doing that. Like, just the fact of the thoughtfulness that goes into – how you get a title shot? How do you earn a title shot? What are what are the boxes that need to be checked before we're going to consider that? That tells me this isn't this isn't a uh, fight company that puts on fights. It's a promotion that's building something.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah.
3: Very.
1: I, I do think that there's a lot of most um, local promotions. Um, I, I think there's they're just a company that puts on like get get a cage set up and puts on fights, whereas our goal is to put on a show. Um, that's why we pay a lot of money for really good sound. We pay a lot of money for really good lighting. We pay a lot of money for a, a, a halfway decent play-by-play guy.
3: We pay <laughs>
1: – <laughs>
3: Nobody's nice. safe nobody's safe (laughs) nice (laughs) Uh, but but but
1: we go to great lengths like uh, this is just one for instance i was there's a going pay rate with commentators right and and this is just the real life right when when someone told me about ryan kavanaugh i didn't know ryan I heard I heard some of his and I was like, Yes, we got to talk to him. We talked and he was like, for this to make sense, like, uh, it's gonna be more than the going pay rate. And we're like, yes, let's do it. You like the the, the product that Ryan Cavanaugh puts out is is so high that we want that's what we want to be. And so When you have something that takes you to another level, you pay the price for it. And so that's just an example that we're willing to invest in to put out the best possible product, even if it comes at a higher cost. That's just the reality of it. And no offense, our guys with MMA knowledge, and I'm testing you on the spot. Wait, what? (laughs) The only people (laughs) announcing my MMA fights are guys with MMA knowledge, and I'm testing you on the spot.
0: I'm not sure, Timbo. I need you to. I need you to clarify that one. TJ Timbo Moore, also shout out. He's on the Mount Rushmore of two four seven fans as well. He's the man. He's always all about that two four seven life, and we appreciate it. He has one of the sickest two four seven hats that's ever been made. Wears it all the time. It's a camo snapback with our logo on it. It Looks so good. And I'm I need still one. trying to
1: figure out what he meant.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to clarify that one, TJ.
1: Are you are you suggesting that Ryan Kavanaugh doesn't know his stuff? Because, Probably. I mean, I think that's what he's saying, right?
0: He should be if he's not saying that. So <laughs> yeah.
3: Listen. Oh, okay, if, okay. If, there you go. If, if I could just comment on your ah. words, Ryan, on your on your if I could just follow. I, first of all, I appreciate it, and you know, may, again, maybe this is for a podcast down the line, but you had asked me the other night we were talking uh, in advance of the show, and you were like. And again, maybe I should say I've probably worked for ten to fifteen local MMA companies. So going back to what I said, no disrespect to anybody else, I'm just saying. And I tell the fighters this when I talk to them during the week that, um, it, it, sorry, I, didn't, I thought they said I had an issue. I have no issues. Uh,
0: I, you know, <laughs> he has it. He has issues, just not with that comment. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Oh, just scratching the surface. No, but I. I'm just trying to set up another fight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, good work. No, but but we were talking and we kind of got into the story of doing MMA and my background and what I currently do and all that. And and Ryan had said, why did you stop doing MMA? Because it had been a minute. You know, I had been working for companies here in Ohio. Like, just to go back, at one point in one year, I did shows in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, and Texas all in the same year. And I was going on this path. Like I talked to the world series of fighting and back when they were around, I talked to Sean Lampman from there. And I thought maybe there was some traction to move up to that next level. And it just didn't work. And the reason I stopped was my wife's like, you realize we've got three kids and, and you're doing this, you do football half the season and then you do basketball and you're doing cage fighting all year round and you want to coach your kids and you've got this law firm you're running and all these things, she's like, something has to give, and you got to pick it, and uh, and ultimately she, we made an agreement that I would stop doing mixed martial arts unless X amount. We agreed on what my rate is, and also traveling to Pittsburgh. So, anyways, the bottom line is I'm back at two four seven because of everything Ryan just said, and I couldn't be, you know, I couldn't be happier. But the, going back, the reason my wife said that is that. I don't show up at Saturday three hours before the show and get ready to do it. She knows how much time I put in. She knows the film work. She knows I talk to every fighter. If I'm able to, she's like, you are putting so many hours into this. If they return return your text, if they get back to me and you know, and I'll track them down, but the reality, and this is for all the fighters. Like I, when I talk to you, I tell you the same thing. My job is my job and I'm going to do it as well as I can, whether we talk or not. But I can't promote you, your brand, your gym, and make you sound like the star you are for putting it on inside the cage unless you give me information and you talk to me. Now, I'm willing to take the time to reach out, to set it up, to carve out time on my schedule to do that. But it's a two-way street. I can't just make up facts about fighters. So if you want me to promote you, and I promise you, you give me the time, I'm going to do that. And I think you could go watch any fight on 247 that I've done. I feel like I do a pretty good job of doing that, you know just text me back
0: <laughs> he's built different ryan cavanaugh is built different man that's a huge part of what separates us we we spend a lot of time on the production side and take a lot of pride in our production we unveiled a new wrinkle in production that was full credit to brian fiddleton there he had an amazing idea with luke payson the cutaway with luke payson on the walkway with him kind of giving some facts and then following the fighter down Little wrinkles like that, man, it's really separate. Again, Ryan, I don't want to inflate your ego too much, but I had a lot of like quite literally four or five people text me out of the blue that were watching the live stream. And they were like, dude, this new cutaway with Luke is really sick. And I'm like, no, I'm like, no,
1: like, no, "No, don't say that.
0: I'm glad it is, but don't give Ryan the credit.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, you didn't have to. It All is I great. do is watch watch UFC and like oh we should do that.
2: <laughs> <I> mean,
1: <laughs> this isn't like a, a like this isn't like a a, a Brian Graves or like dude the UFC gives us do stuff like we do and 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 don't have trash cameras and like
3: it'll look good. Yeah yeah. After the show, Ryan and I were talking and uh, we we. Kicked the idea around of another wrinkle that, I mean, I just work for Ryan, so it's not my my uh, secret to tell, but something cool that I think is going to take again, like you guys aren't complacent. I'm not here, seriously, I'm not here just kissing your butt. I'm going to shoot from the hip no matter what it is, but the lack of the absence of, of complacent complacentness is... Complacency. Complac- there it lack is. ish. <laughs> The lack of that is what continues because you could put on a great show and be like, great, let's wash, rinse, repeat. And you guys, like Ryan never does that. And one thing too, like that guys don't know, and maybe you've said it on the podcast. When I say guys like listeners and viewers, what they don't know, but I, I do feel comfortable sharing this is like Hunter said it. If like the post game meeting, the morning of meeting that you guys have, I can only imagine how many issues Ryan had with a near perfect show, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and, and I think the reason we worked together, like after the show, I went to both you guys and I said, Hey, look, when we went live on the pay-per-view, it wasn't clean and it bothered me the whole show. Like mm-hmm. if it's not perfect, then I'm not doing my job and you're paying me to do a job. And, and I think you're paying me to do a job. Perfect. And if it's not as clean as if it's not as clean as Evan DeRussi's handiwork in the cage last night, I'm not <laughs> happy about it.
0: Yeah, hey, there look, we go. Nice.
1: Look
3: at Kavanaugh trying not to get beat up,
2: dude. <laughs> By the
3: way, uh, Evan, if you could put your address in the chat box, I'm going to go ahead and send you a Christmas card. It's going to be <laughs> patents, but
1: <laughs> you'll get nice. you'll get chocolate. You'll send him chocolates too, so he can eat
0: the. Got Got a big old shout out for Craig Perry in the in the live chat. He's in there. Said, "Let's go, Cowboy Eddie." So obviously, Cowboy Eddie's okay, teammate, yeah. Craig Perry. We got it. We got to get to Cowboy Eddie. That's perfect timing for it. And the even better segue, Ryan Cavanaugh. You set it up like ten minutes ago at this point because we ramble like like old women, but that's what we do. You said when you have the mic, like call somebody out. One guy last night did do just that. He made a blatant call-out, did not mince his words about it, and that was Cowboy Eddie. He uh, he beat Timbo Slice by decision in a really exciting fight, and obviously Cowboy brings a big crowd. His his fans were insane the whole time, which is awesome, and uh, well-behaved this time, too. So well done, everybody, everybody involved. Well done there. So Cowboy takes the mic, and Luke Payson, I don't know if somebody told him to do that or if that was just his idea, but that was a beautiful setup, basically said... Is there anybody that you're looking at for your next fight? Gave him the opportunity and Cowboy took it, called out Mr. Clayton Hoot Lee, another 3 and 0 super stud, super athlete, super prospect in the region at 155. That that matchup, dude, like we've talked about it a little bit internally, but the more I think about it, 3 and 0 versus 3 and 0, 155, two of the biggest amateur fan bases as well. I, I think it's literally the best amateur fight that you could make in Pittsburgh like I there's no better
3: one I, I've got it, Ryan I've got a, an idea that I want to throw out at you and it's it's a yeah. bit of a gimmick but you know it's it's not it, it kind of ties in with everything we're talking about it's whether you guys put it for a belt or not you know they're both underneath that but could you imagine if it was the first ever regional regional MMA fight? where the winner, and only the winner, gets the first ever 247 action figure made of him.
0: <laughs>
3: and he's selling at the shows because both those fan bases, those things are going to sell out. Bobbleheads? You'd have Cowboy with the hat on.
1: Oh, my God.
3: it a Cowboy. Cowboy.
1: More cost effective to just do some shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: know. Listen, I just said it would be sweet though. With because you you know, unless you bring in Victor Lapari, you know, there's a lot of people that, that have a big fan base, but none of them are as raucous as Ootly mm. and Cowboy Eddie. Not gonna lie, yeah, I was I just mean, think,
0: I I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like Extremely excited by it, obviously, but I'm also extremely security conscious when those two crowds get together. That, we, we got to be on our A game, keeping it clean.
3: To talk about the fight, let's just say that not everybody is going to accept the chance and and I don't want to say Venom, but maybe the anti-opponent type heat like Timbo Slice did yesterday. I don't He's know awesome. if you guys saw it because you guys are on the other side of the cage, but his Cowboy Eddie's crowd was chanting at him timbo was doing this after the fight and trying to lead them in cheers against himself now that (laughs) is a dude (laughs) dude wait wait that
0: that's after the fight i'm gonna pull it up on the stream you're saying that's like at the end of the fight
3: yeah well i don't know if the cameras caught it because it was right in front of me but it's after the fight like before the decision like literally timbo just and he turns around and at that point cowboy eddie and them were I think they were talking about the ponytail which I'm a, I'm a fan of Timbo Slice's ponytail. But um you know Heck you yeah. can't give I was just lucky they weren't chanting about me.
0: <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to pull it up now. Yeah, dude, Timbo was a great great sport the entire fight, the entire lead up to that fight. Obviously, he was originally scheduled to fight Hoot Lee, so this was a big switch up for Timbo and he had to actually drop back down to novice amateur to take that since Edgar only had two fights. So that was a big, that wasn't like what Timbo did. There wasn't nothing and should not go unnoticed. Like he took a big risk against a tough guy at a, at a division that he doesn't like as much. He wants to be at advance to lose the shin guards. And he did it anyway to keep the show rolling. Dude, so that's he, freaking huge. He yeah.
1: 100% did us a solid. That's what that yep. was. Yeah. That was Timbo's slice doing us a solid. And so that will not go unnoticed like dude you helped us as a company period end of story thank you not unnoticed
0: so i can't find him conducting but i did find this which is pretty awesome
3: <laughs> the... <laughs> how fun dude He's so fun so, <laughs> right before that, he was up against the cage. That's leading so the fantastic. Himself.
0: How good does that camera look, by the way? Let's go Parm. Let's go Parm with the Sony. I love this shot.
3: It's so good. They do such a good job. Your The camera crew is so good.
0: I'm, re- I'm really yeah, proud of obviously. our production, man. Shout out E2A. Michael Sorg was leading the show last night, but Michael Moran obviously does a lot of our shows as well they both just kill it. And same same note, like what we were talking about, Kavanaugh, like we can't implement these ideas. Ryan can't have new ideas. We can't go execute new ideas without them being on board with it too. So that's huge. Like the fact that we have a production team that is capable of taking the idea and then making it real, none of it matters if they can't execute it and they routinely can. And in this case, it was like, Two hours notice as well. Like, here's what we want to do. By the way, guys, this is totally new and we've never done it, but we can do this, right? And pull it off.
3: Guys, I I, I hate to interrupt. I I don't have to go drive an hour and buy a Christmas tree like Jim Mooney, but I do have to dip because um I've got yeah, some kids and it has that nothing to do with the Browns winning either. I just have to go. Do
0: you, you got to poop?
3: The Browns win. No, I thought I, – I, unfortunately, I have to go before we talk about the Steelers and that awesome come-from-behind loss uh, yesterday, but <laughs> – Listen, listen, listen. The
1: Steelers didn't play yesterday. It was brawling the Burt 19, okay? Oh, yeah. right. Let's just be honest. Yeah, yeah. But I've thanks never... for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime.
0: Peace out, Ryan Cavanaugh. Thanks, dude.
1: We love you, Ryan. Right back at you, boy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for almost getting you beat up.
0: Are you though? Are you actually sorry about that? I
1: mean, I mean, I still <laughs> think he should beat him up.
0: Yeah, yeah, Evan, go ahead, go for it, dude. So, uh, good. Now you. All right, all right. Let's we'll keep working down this card. We uh, we already talked yeah. about you know, Cow- Cowboy Eddie, obviously three zero. Now, uh, Daru's fight we talked about at length, and then that leaves James Stevenson and Christopher Pierce, which. A huge storyline going into that one. So, James Stevenson has had kind of a weird career to this point in that the way his fights have ended have been between rounds. And we've weird. seen we, very weird. We've seen the comments. Yeah. We've seen people calling him a quitter. A lot of people thought on tapology, Ryan, if you pull that one up, I think Christopher Pierce was the favorite, like 80, 89% or something like that. Yeah. So, Stevenson had this stigma around him based on how his first two went that like he would quit if you took him to the deep waters well this one went to the deep waters and he did the opposite of quit and got stronger as the fight went and got more aggressive as he got more tired and totally bucked that narrative so you cannot you can no longer say that after this fight and he won a super close split decision And that's another one that genuinely could have gone either way. But the bigger point to me was Stevenson proving that narrative wrong. And then secondly, all credit to Christopher Pierce being just crazy talented and tough. I know I was texting Danny Palm throughout that fight. Super impressed with Christopher Pierce, man. Stevenson's a really tough guy, really physically strong. And Pierce had some really, really nice sweeps, some really nice reversals, good stand-up. I'm... I'm really impressed with Christopher Pierce coming from a smaller gym, a place we don't really work with a ton with training martial arts. And they're clearly getting their guys ready in a big way. And Christopher Pierce is a guy that for me, I'll have him back every card if he wants, he's easy to work with. He's great. He's a super tough fighter. He's awesome.
1: With, without actually going back and looking at his previous two fights, I'm going to say I think this is accurate that James Stevenson is 0-2 and never lost a round. Wow. That could be true. Yeah. I, How crazy think, is that? Okay, so that being said, like something was was off, something was, you know, um, something needed fixed, and it looked like whatever that was was completely fixed. I don't know if it was adrenaline dump. I don't know if it was a combination of adrenaline dump. And I I don't know. But that performance going the distance and having, you know, no issues with cardio proved Mm -hmm. a lot. And he's still, you know, I think he's lost the round now (laughs) because it was a split decision. Um, But like, it's funny that the first time you ever lose a round is the first fight you win in. Like <laughs> it's just <a> different. <laughs> like there's there's different that there's is, different things.
0: So th- that's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's a crazy dynamic. That's so yeah. So shout out to that fight. It's really set the tone for the evening on the MMA side of things. And I do think a lot of people talked about this, and it was so evident there. Just the difference in the crowd between grappling and MMA is really stark. And we talked about it at the first ever Sprawl and Brawl, but Sprawl was on Friday and Brawl was on Saturday, that like roughly the same amount of people were there for both nights, but the energy for MMA was so much different. And it was cool to have both on the same night because you got to experience that in real time. It was like five minutes later, the energy kicked up instead of
1: tomorrow. Well, see, I I don't know. That's the interesting thing. I don't know... I think it's a it's different, but I don't know that it's a different like the energy kicked up. I just think it's a it's it's a whole different feel. Mm-hmm. And and I think that the, the crowd is quiet during a, the crowd is so quiet during a grappling bout that everyone can hear everything the coaches are saying. And during an MMA fight, you can't hear anything the coaches are saying unless it's Chris Williams.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, Chris is Williams is as loud as... He's probably louder than me.
0: And that's saying he's, something. He's, that is saying something. But there's no... On fight night, dude, nobody's louder than Chris Williams. It's not no, even No, I mean,
1: just in general. I mean, if...
0: Uh, in general? You got him beat in general.
1: <laughs> I mean... <laughs> If if I was coaching against, not that I would be, but if I was coaching against Chris, mm. I think we would be equally loud. Like he has a different tone, but I think I would be just as loud as him. As a matter of fact, when I like was coaching wrest- youth wrestling, like people were like thought I was crazy.
0: This guy's so loud. Yeah, yeah I'm not surprised. None of this surprises me at all. So. That wraps up the MMA card. Obviously, we're we're like creeping up on two hours, so we're gonna wrap this up pretty quick. I want to get to the story that I promised I would share. Um yeah, this is crazy. That. This is genuinely insane. Um Dakota Dollar from Indio Dojo. We're grappling weigh ins were Saturday at 3 p.m. And it was like 2 45. I'm standing near the scale, just waiting on grapplers to start trickling in. And Dakota's the first guy in. And I see his Indio Dojo hoodie from, like, across the crowd. Like, way across the convention center. see him walking in. And I'm like, alright, that's that's Dakota. What's up? I'm going to go say what's up. Let him know where weigh are. And as I get closer to him, I see, like, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm being all happy. Yo, what's up, dude? Nice to see you. <laughs> like, being that. And I see that his face is just so red. He's crying. Like, sobbing. And I'm like dude is everything okay and i talked to dakota before i shared this story and he's totally good with me telling it by the way and i was like dude is everything okay right now and because clearly it's not he's like dude my dad just got life flighted five minutes ago i literally don't know if he's alive right now and i'm like okay was not expecting that like probably the most caught off guard i've ever been like maybe in my life (laughs) i'm like what And I was just like, dude, first off, if you need to leave, this match does not matter for this. This is not more important than that. Go take care of this. Your family, this is so much more important than this match. And he goes, I have to weigh in because my dad would want me to weigh in. And like, got goosebumps, dude, like real chill stuff. And he goes back to weigh-ins literally sobbing the entire time and having like 8000 phone calls like everybody's blowing up his phone he can't get off the phone can't stop texting can't stop worrying his bout was at 170 he weighs in at 170.0 <laughs> literally 170.0 like an absolute pro and then is like i don't know i i i'm going to try to compete i just i have no idea what's going on right now i can't even You know just completely distraught as you would be and turns out his dad was working in a field and got pulled into a corn picking machine so literally crushed by heavy farm machinery and got life flighted to pittsburgh and at the time dakota quite literally did not know if his dad was alive or not and was getting updates that were like conflicting so it made it even worse like one person was like he was crushed the whole way up to his head Another guy said it was just his arm. Another guy was saying this. So he was like getting all of this mixed information and just had literally no idea what was going on with his dad. So as the night progresses, you know, I re-emphasized a million times, dude, go be with your family. You don't have to do this. And he kept insisting that I'm going to do this, which is just nuts. So as it turned out, he finally did get a firm update that it was mostly his dad's arm. His dad was stable conscious okay but still getting life flighted because very serious injury to his arm i'm not sure at this point like i don't know if his dad lost his arm i don't don't know i don't want to speak out of out of turn on that but i do know his dad's okay they've talked and it was all good and he knew that competed went out first match of the night and obviously had a little extra energy behind that you know he said he was obviously feeling a different level of inspiration going into that one so shout out like Insane shout-out to Dakota for the heart there. That is truly next-level stuff, truly special. I really can't overstate how crazy that situation was and how just pure heart he handled it. That was insane. Really cool.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we're family first. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, And, you know, just seeing, knowing that the timing of all of that was like, I mean, him arriving and all like it was simultaneous, and so. Um, but yeah. he's, I mean, Dakota had been chomping at the bit, chomping at the bit to 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 be on a card, um, and we, you know, at at one point a couple years ago, we were gonna match him for MMA, and like that end up not not panning out because of his work schedule and things like that, and. But he's just wanted to do it for such a long time, um, and like wanted on sprawl and wanted on sprawl too. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm happy everything worked out because uh, that was a, I mean, I don't know how he went through that much emotion and like uncertainty and like, yeah, mm. that's just not not something Built- that. Uh,
0: no built. that's that's just being built different I think you see like very special moments like that in this sport you know James Leto we we detailed his whole thing before that b 16 fight with losing his mother and when guys you can see it in their in their face in their demeanor there's some people can channel that to enter a space that as a competitor unlocks a different level like james leto on that night was on a different level he was on a different kind of mission and i think dakota dollar last night was on a different kind of mission like uh, you cannot match the intensity that grief anger hatred like whatever it may be there are deeper levels that you can access and and he did and that's insanely special and it was crazy that he went through that and the respect for Dakota and Indio in general is just already through the roof, but then they do something like that. And it's like, man, I I don't know. There's really not enough words to even contextualize what that meant, but shout out to Dakota. And I'm obviously extremely glad his dad is okay. That's huge, man. Uh, and just thank you for still stepping in there and putting on a show. It was ridiculous.
1: We owe a lot of thanks to all the fighters and, and, and the, the teams that came out last night and put on, I mean, the one thing we don't have to worry about is you know the fights we have there they're, they they the the gyms and the and the fighters they put on a show every time that's why people don't people don't leave our shows like oh that was wow like people don't um, everyone pretty much realizes that like when they come to a 247 show it's going to be a well-matched a good environment and and that's not I mean, part of that is what we do, but a lot of that has to do with the fighters and their teams and stuff. And so we're super thankful to them. We owe them um, a a huge thank you. And, you know, the team that that we have that does put all this stuff together. I mean, we have an army that put on these events, and we owe a huge thank you to them. But – most of all, we owe a huge thank you to the fans that continue to help elevate combat sports and MMA in Pittsburgh. Um, that continue to come to our shows. That continue to help um, build this thing up. And so we don't have any plans of slowing down. So get ready for more.
0: Absolutely. And as Ryan said, having you know the gyms involved. If you're a fighter out there and you have not competed for us and you would like to I want to show you guys our future fighter form um Jim I'm sorry Jim actually messaged me to the side when the stream very first started and was like can you share the future fighter form and when I had to restart the stream I completely forgot that he asked me to do that so sorry Jim but I'm getting to it at the very end now and it was a good segue so if you want to compete for us go to 247fighting.com and there is a little about tab at the top and it's under about future fighter form you can find it there there's also a link to it in our link tree which is in our bio on instagram um this is how you'll sign up so it's a very quick google form to just collect information name last name gym fight weight all the, all the normal stuff we would need to book you but what i will say is if you're out there and you're a fighter and you're like ah, i think i'd like to debut like to get into mma get with a gym that's step one get with a good gym a good head coach in Pennsylvania, it's extremely difficult and I would even say impossible in you know 99% of times for a guy to fight without a legit gym and head coach behind him. The commission looks into it. We look into it as well. And if you're not with an official team, it's not going to even be considered. So get with a team, get with a head coach, and then take it from there. We'll communicate with your coach or manager or whoever it may be, and we'll get you in there when a matchup makes sense. But yeah, the easiest way to get into our system is to fill out this form. And like, uh, Ryan said about Dakota dollar wanting on sprawl. It's filling out the form is not a guarantee that you're going to fight for us. I want to make that very clear, but it does get you in the mix and put your name in there. So, so we know you're available. It
1: puts puts you in the matching pool. Being in the matching pool doesn't mean you're going to get matched. It just means like, we're going to take a look at you. That's one of the first places we look. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a bunch of fighters here in Pittsburgh that need match. And then we start looking who we can match them with. If your numbers look like they're going to match their numbers, we start investigating. We start doing research. We start figuring out, are these two a good match for each other? If we if we think they might be, then we go to each coach and say, hey, listen, here's, here's, here's a guy. Here's some information about him. I think they'd be a good match. And they, that's where That's how the process works.
0: Several matchups on BitB19 came directly from that information form, by the way. That's how we contacted some of the out-of-towners. So that's that's how it works. Sprawl, it's we've used it heavily for sprawl. It's huge for that. Um yeah. So guys, if you if you would like to compete for us, fill out the form, get in the mix, or just tell your coach to reach out to us directly. That works too. But we do a lot of matching, man, and we're matching extremely hard right now for February 24th in Murraysville. That's our next event. So Saturday, February 24th is going to be our next one. If you want on it, go fill out the form. Hit us up. Let us know. We have a couple bouts for that card right now, but it's basically a wide-open slate. So if you want on, throw your name in the mix. Let's do this. We're going to keep this thing rolling. Bippy19 is really special, man. The day after an event is always a weird decompression day where you're still also you have endless work to do so it's like a hybrid work and decompress day which is really hard to do but it's super fun man thank you so much to everybody who came out obviously all of our sponsors sunny days in home care strip district meets go green windows and construction on the mat i'm gonna i'm gonna make him feel bad again ryan i'm gonna say his name out, out front <laughs> and just everybody who, who chips in man helps us out does a fantastic job our production team, our crew, everybody involved from top to bottom, we can't do it without you guys. And yeah, we're out here, we're out here doing the thing and looking to take the next step February 24th one, in Murray'sville. One,
1: one other thing I want to make a mention of is um, if you're a female fighter, um, we have a ton, a ton of female fight opportunities, both pro and amateur. Um, so please, if you are a female fighter um, and you are interested, we probably have a, a good matchup for you. So we have tons of pro and amateur females that we are going to be matching in the very near future. So get get that form filled out. get us on your radar, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Um, the snapper? No, not Snapchat. We're not on the snapper. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it would be funny. Um, but yeah, hit us up, and uh, we'd love to. We'd love to see if we have something. We have an opportunity for you that might might work out for everyone. So
0: I'm going to throw out one specific matchup for February. That I'm. This is just an open. Sometimes this works, so I want to do it again. Craig Perry was born and raised right in murraysville and he wants on that card so badly so if anybody out there wants to fight craig perry he's two and three from the academy of pittsburgh let's go who wants to fight craig perry this is an open invite craig perry february 24th who wants the smoke you gotta you gotta tell it's
1: 135
0: well they're gonna look into him and know that you gotta
1: gotta have (laughs) you gotta have three fights
0: you got to have at least three fights. You do not have to have a winning record necessarily, but it helps the case for that to be an advanced amateur bout. 135, I've talked to Craig off the record, and he said he'd probably consider 140 if it makes sense. If it's not like a 165-pound guy cutting down to 140, he would consider a catchweight. But let's do 35, advanced amateur, Craig Perry. Who wants that Craig Perry smoke? Let's go. No catchweights,
1: 135.
0: There you go. We don't like Boss... Hey. Boss man laying down the law. Lo- we should do a catchweight belt, I think, Ryan. Right? 140 yeah, belt.
1: <laughs> uh, there's no well, – Well, I do want to correct – I want to correct um, Drew because he'll say catchweight division. I'm like, there's no
0: catch- – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Division. I heard him say that last night, yeah. Uh, ah! I,
1: I've heard it. I, I keep forgetting to say that. Nah, just say it a catchweight.
0: Yeah. So right. that that about – That wraps up BIPB19. We could literally talk about this all day. Um if we went about My bow, wife would
1: probably to... murder me because I'm, Same. I'm supposed to be out the door. Actually, did you right, guys well. Yeah,
0: I... we'll see you guys very
2: soon.